0: This is the Monday, May 16th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. You guys are covered with some baseball coming up. We'll also look ahead to the NBA on this off day in both the NBA and NHL. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian alongside Tyler Fulgham and Tyler, a whirlwind weekend with a bunch of Game 7s yesterday and uh, the Mavericks Pull it off, get it, get the outright cover after the home team had won and covered all six games of that series. That was really the big story. Luca dominating
1: and the Suns laying an egg. Yeah, that was the most surprising part. Not that Dallas won the game, but the fact that Phoenix didn't even really show up. Um, I like Dallas plus the points. I thought it would be a close game. And, you know, whether Phoenix or Dallas won three, four point margin of victory, either way, I uh, did not see. Um, that type of uh, dud from the Phoenix Suns after what they showed all regular season and pretty much all this postseason outside of that Game Seven. Yeah, I'm
0: right there with you. I I just stunned. I mean, it's it's
1: one of the worst performances
0: from an effort standpoint and execution that we've ever seen. Uh, really, I mean, I know that sounds. I don't think it's
1: hyperbole. No, I don't think. Yeah, it's Yeah, no, no, it's
0: it's really remarkable when you consider how dominant this Suns team was and how they were you know expected to just be. You know, maybe the Warriors, people were giving them a chance, but Luca was awesome. The, the Mavericks, I mean, this trade that was overlooked kind of during midseason to bring in Dinwiddie and Bertans kind of swung the uh, series a little bit throughout the, uh, the ser- this entire seven-game set. So, looking ahead, I do think the Celtics are rightfully favored. i just not sure if there's a price I had in mind, but I, did, I do expect the Celtics to have been favored. And I thought the Warriors were too high, came down a little bit, but I still think it's a little too high.
1: I'm with you. I don't have a problem with Boston being favored over Miami. I have a problem with the manner in which they are. I think it should be much closer to a coin flip because Miami was the best team in the Eastern Conference all season long. They are the one seed. They have Jimmy Butler who can go toe-to-toe with Jason Tatum. They have Bam Adebayo who can play defense at a defensive player of the year level like Marcus Smart. They have role players like Max Strus, Tyler Hero, P.J. Tucker, all these guys that just fill their role at an all-star level. They may not be all-stars, but they play their role at an all-star level. Eric Spolstra is as good as any coach in the NBA. They have home court. So, I mean, again, if you're giving me Miami, at, you know, plus 420 to win the NBA championship of the four teams remaining, they have the third, you know, shortest odds or third longest odds, however you want to look at it. Like, granted, Boston is great. Their defense is great. But I think right now the market is disrespecting this Miami Heat team a little bit. And if they get Kyle Lowry back at 100%, that strengthens them. I think they can win even without Kyle Lowry because of his age. He's, he's still a good player, but he's not a difference maker to me at this point in his career where he's you know 36, 37 years old. I think he's more of a supplementary piece. But even without them, without him, they have Bam. They have Jimmy playing at a high level. They have complimentary pieces and a great coach and a great culture. So uh, I, I kind of like both underdogs based on the price right now. I think they're, they they need to tighten up those prices. Hopefully, uh, maybe they will if more people are listening to this and go out and bet. But I, I think Miami and Boston is pretty much, you know, a 51-49 coin flip. And I look at Golden State, uh, Dallas is kind of like a 53-47 kind of coin flip. I think these are two really good series. And the prices don't necessarily reflect that at this moment.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be really exciting. And the, the coaching adjustments, too, for both teams throughout the series has been really uh, so intriguing if to, to nerd out on it. So it'll be interesting to see how mm-hmm. it all unfolds. We'll have much more to discuss later. Daily Wager tonight, 6 Eastern on ESPN2 throughout the week as well. And obviously things get going tomorrow night. we got to get you some plays. Let's talk a little baseball. I have a few
1: opinions on the Diamond, but what about yourself? Yeah, the two uh, plays that I like the most, I'll start with my Cardinals taking on the Mets. I would play that under eight. Um, The Cardinals, you know, maybe there's gonna be some recency bias because they just, you know, hung 15 up on uh, Sunday Night Baseball against the San Francisco Giants. But this series moves to uh, City Field uh, in New York. Miles Michaelis is pitching for the Cardinals. He's been really good all season long. And although the Cardinals did put up 15 runs, their offense is not quite as prolific or as intimidating as you might think um, with the names and star power they have. The, both of these teams are built on very solid starting pitching and really, really good defense. They're not strong offensive teams, so I like the under here and what I expect to be a um, you know close, low-scoring game with the Cardinals having the better starting pitching advantage but the Mets just being the better team and being at home. My other play I like, um, the Angels. I like them on the run line, whether it's first five or the full nine innings. Against the Texas Rangers, they got Noah Syndergaard, former Met pitcher, on the bump. He's been really, really good this season, and the Angels absolutely crush right-handed pitching, especially mediocre right-handed pitching. And John Gray is going for the Rangers. He can be good at times, but uh, he certainly doesn't scare me in any way, shape, or form against this Angels lineup that's absolutely murdering right-handers right now. They're first in Major League Baseball, in Homer slugging an OPS against right-handed pitching. And with Syndergaard being on the bump and pitching the way he has, I think the uh, Angels can lead by at least one, after five at a price of plus 105 and then win this game by at least two runs at a price of plus 115 against a uh, Rangers team that clearly can't match up with the uh, star power they bring.
0: Yeah. When I saw the lines, I first thought about the Rangers and then I broke it down even further. I was like, no, I want no (laughs)
1: part
0: of this here. Um, I do want a little nibble that the the Rockies, I don't think the Giants are that good. We saw a little bit of it last night. Rodon got uh, roughed up but Sensatella splits have been much better at Coors He's not very good, uh, but you're getting plus money at home. I would take the rocks like a little nibble, and I'd have to take a little nibble on the D-backs. Obviously, the Dodgers, remarkable comeback. Gavin Lux um, went from GOAT to hero. But Baumgartner and what he's doing this year and getting plus 200, um, I mean, Gonsolin I like, but he's been – I mean, at some point, he's going to come back to earth. So I would have to take the Snakes here just to take a shot. I'd probably prefer him on the the first five line. And, um, you know – those what stood out. Obviously, there's just a few here and there. You can always back the better pitcher in some of these. I mean, the Yankees have been obviously on a roll. The Orioles are showing a little friskiness, but uh, I just don't want to get involved with Severino. I don't know if I trust him just yet. Um, but again, just a few opinions I had and some leans and some small plays, but nothing drastic. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Daily Wager podcast. A light a light, uh, slate of action. No WNBA as well, but we'll, everything will get gone, return tomorrow. But... Got you a little baseball. And again, 6 Eastern ESPN 2 for Daily Wager's show tonight.